Breaking Down Bits, a conversation about great comedy bits with the comedians who wrote and performed them. Welcome to Breaking Down Bits. I'm your co-host, Brian Gendron, joined by... Hey, I'm Drew Jordan. Drew Jordan. Drew, it is your birthday today, ain't it? It is. I'm older and... Not exactly wiser, but hey, we're here. Hey, man, look, I was going to get you a gift, but I have a rule. I don't get gifts on the first episode. So <laughs> it's just kind of a little rule I have. Well, you know. Uh, no, man. After quarantine, eventually I'll buy you a drink. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan. <laughs> well, what are we doing here today, birthday boy? Well, uh, yeah, we're, we're going for it. First episode of Breaking Down Bits, if you're, if you're not familiar with the show, the basic idea is that, um, you know, we used to be able to hang out with comics. Uh, you used to be able to see them backstage and around mics and shows and ask questions and learn. And that's kind of dried up, uh, as Brian put it, since all this COVID stuff's going on. So this is our opportunity to still mingle with these comedians that we love that are way further along the path than us. And it's a chance for us to, uh, to dig into some of their their great bits and kind of hear their brain, how it worked in the background. And we're just excited to do that uh, weekly. Man, those were the good old days. I miss those days. So uh, here's how this works. What we'll do is we're, we're students. We're young comics. We're learning. We're excited to learn. And we hope you're excited to learn along with us. And we believe that whether you're a comic yourself or just a comedy enthusiast, you'll get a lot out of this. You know, you get to understand the origin about how these jokes were created, how they're performed. And we get to hear from some of the best. So speaking of some of the best, Drew, who we have on today? Oh, man. This is one I was so excited uh, to know that we, we landed the just world famous Andy Huggins. Uh, what an amazing guy. Let's see a quick clip. Andy Huggins is a comedian first famous for being part of the Houston Outlaw Comics. The group was based in Houston in the 80s, featuring Sam Kinison and Bill Hicks, among many others. Andy has the high honor of having his name on the wall at the world-famous comedy store in Los Angeles, and in addition to years of touring clubs and concerts, was also featured on America's Got Talent. All right, Drew, that means that we are joined now by Andy Huggins. Andy, how are you, sir? Woo! Oh, I'm fine. I'm very good. I'm, this is a pleasure. Uh, as y'all were just uh, referring to, that uh, no hanging out. No, no BSing with the, the, the comics, no exchanging ideas. So this, this is a, uh, after performing, talking comedy is what I love more than anything else. So uh, uh, um, I, I can't thank you enough for giving me the opportunity to at least act like a comic uh, for, for an hour or so. Thanks for coming on board. And hey, just because I know you, there's another thing you love, which is the rain, which we're experiencing oh, right yeah. now in Houston. Yeah, I love the sound of rain. It's very, uh, yeah, very relaxing, very serene. God knows I can use as much of that as I uh, can get these days. Yeah, we had a pretty good, it sounds like it stopped, but it was pretty good for a while. That's right. So we're going to get the best Andy Huggins we can get right now, Drew. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Ho hopefully the rain will not affect any of our streaming videos. So we're, we're crossing our fingers about that. Uh, so again, Andy, just thanks for, for coming on to be a part of this. We're going to get into a specific clip later uh, uh -huh. that we definitely want to break down with you. But first, um, there's a few things we'd, we'd love to just tackle up top, um, just about comedy writing and stuff, uh, if, you, if you're up for that. Sure. Uh, first off, kind of just a, a blanket, big, open-ended question. How does Andy Huggins write comedy? I get, I have a legal pad and I have a big ballpoint pen. I can't, for some reason, I can't think at a keyboard. So mm. I, uh, you know, I, as ideas come to me, sometimes you get a punchline, you have to work backwards, come up with the right setup. Sometimes you just come up with a premise. This ought to work. And so I, you know, I, I just sit down and write and grind it out. Let's uh, try it this angle. No, that doesn't work. Let's try it that angle. Um, nothing very glamorous about it. I know a lot of comics um, and I don't know about 
either of y'all, but they write on stage. Uh, they'll come up with a premise in their mind. They have a pretty good idea where it's going, but it's not fleshed out yet. They'll get up on stage and, uh, and uh, uh, work it out. I can't do that. I do, um, for people who is, uh, are unfamiliar, I do one-liners, as they call them. Set up punchline, set up punchline, set up punchline. I can't write on stage. Uh, I can't go up there and throw out a setup and hope the punchline's going to, to come to me. Uh, so I go on stage uh, completely prepared. Jokes uh, I have worked out off stage. They're worded the way I think they ought to be worded. Um, and then, uh, and, and, and that's pretty much what I do. I just get the, uh, the uh, yellow legal pad and a pen and I just write. I, I, I have index cards with ideas, premises that I might want to explore. Uh, and yeah, it's not at all glamorous. I just kind of, I'm trying to avoid using the phrase grinding it out, but that's basically what I do most of the time. Every once in a while a joke will come to you fully formed or it won't take much work to, uh, to get there. But uh, most of the time you gotta go, well, you know, uh, this is funny, you know, I, I do a lot of jokes, for instance, about my uh, drinking days, I'm a recovering alcoholic. So, you know, I think of one aspect of it and uh, okay, let's just might have potential here. Yeah, I just grind it out. The important thing about writing is to do it every day. And that's why just whatever the process is. Um, and, you know, if you write on stage, I, I kind of, you know, I don't know that you can't also at the same time do some writing off stage. Uh, but yeah. whatever you do, whatever the process is, um, uh, do it every day. It, 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 writing's difficult. Writing is difficult not only in coming up with the, the, the good material, but just the discipline, I, I guess I should say, is, is difficult. So you just got to force yourself. There's a lot about being a comic that is a job. And that's one of them is you got to sit down and write. That's great advice for uh, any comic. Uh, sometimes whether you're a new comic and you're just starting to formulate your ideas and, and your presence on stage, or if you're an existing comic, you can't rest on your laurels. Uh, yeah. And Drew, what is a laurel? I don't. Is a, I just. I know girls named Laurel. Does anybody know what is a resting it's on your laurel? It's a wreath of a pl uh, plant or something that in in, in oh. the Roman Empire that used to be like a, a gold medal. You'd you'd uh, you'd oh, yeah. be awarded a laurel, uh, uh, and they place it on your head. And so, you know, you I gotta always assumed it was a butt. You can't rest on that. You gotta go out. I'm go with you. I thought it was. I thought it was a butt too. I uh, thought it was another word for butts. Andy, you bailed us out. We, <laughs> the so, wisdom is already helping. Exactly. See, most of you have already learned something today. So, but no, but write every day. That, that is a, that is a great thing. write every day. It is difficult. Yeah. For a lot yeah. of us, it's the only time the apartment gets cleaned is uh, when you sit down to write. Yeah, well, you know what? I'll just go scrub out the bathtub. And then next thing you know, the day's gone. You haven't written. And here's, here's something. I, I wish I could remember the novelist who said this. But uh, he said, you got to write every day because most of what you write is going to be crap and you just got to get it out of your system. And I guarantee you, most of what I write is crap. And, uh, and, and you know what? I'll sit down and I'll spend, uh, not all day, but I'll spend a good deal of the day writing. And I, at the end of the day, I haven't come up with anything that I'm going to use. It was, but I don't view that as a wasted day. I got some of the crap out of my system. Uh, but, you know, if you don't do anything other than freeform writing, where you just, you know, stream of consciousness, where the pen doesn't leave the paper and you just write down, do that, do something, do something. That's a great it recommendation. Sounds like, it sounds like, I was curious, some people love, maybe have a love for the writing process or the performance process. It sounds like, I don't know, where, where do you land on that? Which, which brings you more joy, the writing or the performance? Or are they equal for you? No, it's writing, and, and I love performing, and I had to learn how to be a good comic on stage, and there's a lot about that that's fascinating, but it's the writing. It's the, sure. the writing carried me, still carries me, but the writing carried me for a long time uh, at the beginning of my uh, career because I was a real sketchy performer, not a whole lot of confidence at the beginning, but the jokes were always good, and that'd get me over 
just enough to where I could uh, advance a little bit. I, that got me stage time, and the more stage time I got, the better performer I became. But yeah, it's 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 the writing. It's it'll always be the writing. That's a that's a great transition, Drew. Because uh, the, the the next question I have is around performance. So uh, question is, how do you prepare for an upcoming set? I it depends on uh, it depends on uh, the length of the set, first of all, but. A typical, and I guess probably most of our performances these days when uh, we are performing, most of them are open mic type situations with the paying gig thrown in there frequently enough to uh, pay the rent. But for a short set, I, I write down, um, uh, I almost always, almost always have a new line I want to try out. So I have on a piece of paper, it's always in my left hand, and this is kind of a superstition, but it's uh, 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 notes that I fold up and put it in my left hand front pocket. And it just has one word uh, referring to a specific joke. And I kind of, I, I, I uh, outline the order I want to do the jokes. Like I'm going to do these five drinking jokes first, and then we're going to segue to the old jokes. And here's where I'm going to do this new joke. And here's where I'm going to do that new joke. And with the longer set, um, it, it, pretty much the same thing. Uh, I For longer sets, I almost always do the act in the same order. I'll open with this section and then segue to that section, then on to the next section. So I really don't have to outline, outline that too specifically. I do want to write down the new lines that I want to try. I figure it's, I kind of view, if I don't try out something new, I feel like I've kind of wasted the set. So I have it, I, yeah, I write down. And what I will do these days is I'll write out in its entirety the the line I'm going to open with, the joke I'm going to open with, even if I've done that joke uh, for five years and I know it dead. I'm just going to write it down. And and so when I hit hit the mic, I know exactly. I can just smoothly start. With short sets, I'm always opening with different stuff, and I'm kind of all over the place in terms of order. So I want to make sure I get it right so I have to write it out. The uh, the memory isn't as sharp as it used to be, so I have to I take a great deal of care to, to, to make sure I get off to a, uh, uh, a good start. The the set we're going to watch later, uh, your opening is incredible, and we'll, we'll break that down in here in a few minutes. Uh, but uh, one follow-up question, this is for, for a lot of us newer comics. Uh, do you ever chicken out on that new bit? Do you ever pull back and say, I ain't going to do it? Or do you always go forward? Uh, yeah, well, I don't have new bits. I have new lines. And no, I don't. You know, I will uh, 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 congratulate myself after set for doing the, hanging in there and doing the new line. Um, I suppose, I mean, so many shows, I suppose... Uh, well, you know, I started to say, I suppose there's some shows that are just not going well. I don't like the audience. The audience doesn't like me. And I probably have thought, you know what, what's the point? I, I, no, I'll, I'll be even more specific and more honest. If I'm going up in front of six people in the audience, two here, two over there, one, 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 I, I'm probably not going to maybe I'll try out a new joke just to see how it sounds mm -hmm. coming out of my mouth. But on the other hand, I don't, my, my psyche is such that I don't want to try out a new line to dead silence. It rattles my confidence a bit. So under no circumstances, I'll chicken out just because it, it seems pointless, but most of the time I'll try out, I'll try out whatever I mean to try out. So. You, uh, you mentioned, um, you know, early in your career, maybe some confidence issues, what what is your do you have a pre-show ritual or something where, right before you go on stage what are you doing what how are you preparing for this for your set i'm pacing i'm listening to the uh the act on ahead of me just in case he or she says a line that i can play off of to begin my set sometimes that happens sometimes it doesn't but i'm kind of half paying attention i have a couple of you know pep talks that uh uh, I give myself, I remind myself to focus. 
uh, I remind myself uh, on occasion, uh, I have been at the, uh, the improv on a, uh, on a, on a Saturday night. And while I'm pacing, I'll, I'll remind myself quite seriously. I'll remind myself how incredibly fortunate. Look at me, you know, I'm at the improv full house Saturday night and I'm doing stand up comedy. Appreciate it. Mm, Appreciate yeah. it. And I tell myself, you know, keep up the energy focus. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a kind of quasi prayer that I, uh, that I say, but yeah, uh, yeah, mostly it's just focus, just be prepared. So, so a, moment a lot of, of moment of prayer, moment of gratitude. And then I like how you said half listening. So I, I know that half listening. I got one ear for the guy ahead of me and the rest yeah, of my Because every once in a while they'll toss you, they'll make, they'll do, uh, they'll do a joke that you can play off of. And if you can open, and this doesn't happen that often, but when it does happen, it, it kills because you're ad-libbing and audiences love it when it's something's improvised. So if you can open up with a good joke based on something uh, the previous comic had, has said, then you're in great shape. Like I said, it doesn't happen that often, but I keep an ear out, an ear out for it, so. Awesome. Well, as we're about to queue up this set, and it's, a, it's about a five minute set, Andy, why don't you tell us a little bit about what we're gonna watch here? When this is the ECAN set you said at yes. the improv? Mm -hmm. Okay, there was a contest in about six different cities uh, and it was sponsored by the esophageal, uh, esophageal cancer network. Mm -hmm. It was gonna be the, the winner of the contest and there were six different uh, cities participating uh, was going to go out to Washington, D.C. and open for uh, Jeff Foxworthy. That was the prize. So this was a contest because it was a, a, a opening for Foxworthy was the prize. Uh, it had to be real clean. This is uh, cleaner than uh, a typical set for me. Not that I'm dirty, but there's certain uh, jokes that I didn't do because it had to be clean. Uh, and real quickly, uh, I won the contest in Houston then won the national all right I went out and opened for uh open for uh Foxworthy that's awesome yeah so that's what this was this was there were about I don't know six seven eight different comics at the Houston uh and they had a uh it was judges audience judged and there was a judge's uh vote also so anyway, it was a bunch that was good 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 set, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And uh, and I didn't realize that this led to you opening for Foxworthy. Well, real yeah, quick before yeah. we start, what was that experience like? Oh, it was good. It was a very formal fundraiser um, uh, in a ballroom of a terrific hotel. Um, I went on, had a nice set. Then they took a break. And during the break, uh, Foxworthy uh, asked me to come back to where he was hanging out. We sat around. We talked comedy for... We talked comedy for... Uh, about a half hour before he went on. Wow. So you'll help us book him as our third guest on the show? <laughs> I, it's, it's, during this set, I'll give him a call. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the video, Drew, if you're ready. And let's Andy. do it. All right. Give me just a moment to get that up on the screen here. Thank you. Where are my old people at? Make some noise. <laughs> Because I can't hear you. you got to make some noise here. If you all can hear me, I, I wanted to pause it right there. So, uh, Andy, the, this opening is just incredible, in my opinion, uh, because you're, you're accomplishing quite a few things. Uh, first of all, you time it in such a way that you can... Uh, steal a joke. You can kind of, uh, as a boxer, you can punch the guy before the bell rings because uh, most of the time when you come on stage and, and, and you say, hey, make some noise, let me hear you, uh, and, and you did it in such a way that, that presents your character uh, as an elderly man, so you sort of address the big elephant in the room that this is an elderly man uh, and as part of your character. And then another thing that you do here, Andy, is you uh, make it playful with the audience, right? So they know that they're going to have some fun with you. Uh, so this is, you talked about openings early, early on. Uh, uh, anything that I'm missing that, that you're doing here right from the start? 
Well, that uh, actually, uh, that let's hear it for the opening. And I can't, I didn't see the set, so uh, I, I'm not real sure what, but that said, somebody had um, opened with, let's hear it for, I think it was maybe Koo said, let's, where are my black people, that's what he said, where are my black people at? This and <laughs> in, So that's what I was referring to. And uh, uh, I'm real, I'm real big, uh, and this is, you know, if you, if you're a certain type of performer, you can take your time getting to that first laugh. I, I want to get a laugh of some sort right off the bat, right off the bat. And uh, that, and that, you know, Koo gave me uh, something I could work with, like we were talking earlier. But that's what that was all about, just uh, uh, getting a quick laugh before starting into the act. And it, it, because it was referring to something another comic had said, it had that spontaneous improvised feel to it. Audiences uh, love that. They grade on a curve when, when you're ad-libbing. So if you get off a, a, an okay line, you're going to get a good laugh. If you get off a, a good line, you're going to get a great laugh. So, you know, that, and in addition to getting a laugh, it does establish a certain uh, rapport uh, not that they need uh, to be told, but uh, it does help to mention, okay, this is no guy going to be doing doing comedy here. Now, I don't think that really given that uh, at that time I was probably 67, 68 years old. And 65. I don't, so I don't really need to tell them. <laughs> at least you said 65 that might have been a comedy lie but you said 65 oh, no i'm pretty set. sure it was five years ago then okay do drink up i just had my favorite drink at the bar red bull and metamucil <laughs> an early bird bomb um i am a recovering alcoholic 26 years uh sober uh had to be done uh first of all Actually, first love of my life, I, uh, I met in a bar. Uh, we met when I fell off my bar stool. <laughs> she was already on the floor. <laughs> One night, that lady asked me to spank her. I asked her why. She said, I'm into discipline, so instead I made her stand in the corner. <laughs> Who's your grandpa? <laughs> Who's your grandpa? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it right there, Andy. That uh, there's a few things in there. Uh, the first thing uh, I don't know what Metamucil is. I apologize. Uh, what is what is Metamucil? Well, it's I don't, it's something that kind of helps you with your uh, as you're getting older. Kind I don't know. I, I want to call it a uh, a uh, energy type drink, but it's it's a it's a healthy drink that. Uh, it's kind of a powdery thing, I think, in, in some forms, and, uh, you know, mix it with. I think what happened was I heard, or I became aware of, that Red Bull was being used to mix, to make some drinks. I think Red Bull and maybe vodka, maybe, or something. Sure. And that just struck me as a dumb, you know, uh, uh, ingredient. With Red Bull, why would you? <laughs> but people do it and it's quite popular and I say well okay Red Bull and what well Red Bull and uh, a, 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 a product that's associated with old people and then I've always had uh, success and a lot of fun with names just naming things like and so I had a couple of uh, possibilities with uh, sex on the beach my ass or <laughs> was, was the one I use most often now but it was a, a, a early bird bomb, uh, and there's a, I, actually I think a, a yet another tag that I couldn't use because it was supposed to be a clean show. So, yeah, I love that. I love the way that, and we'll we'll see a lot more of that in this set in a minute. But right from the beginning, I love the way that you set up yourself as a character. Yeah. Like you have an onstage character from the first second you walk on. I've been reading, I think Brian has too, um, some of the books from Scott Dickers, How to Write Funny and Funnier and Funniest. Um, and one of his funny filters is character. And you you set this character up and then you put your character in these fun situations and it's just comedy gold. Do you think about the different aspects of your character? Because when I watch 
your set, I think, okay, the onstage persona is old guy who used to be an alcoholic, but is very culturally and pop culturally aware. And I think that to me, that is the magic of your onstage persona. Do you think about that stuff or is this just your, not, you know, come? Not too much. Um, here's one of the guiding principles of, of writing for me. And I think it was Mort Saul who said this, but um, he said, not everything I say happened, but everything I say is true. And that's kind of how I have to, that's how I approach it. I take, and, and I also think that the best jokes, the deepest laughs are with material that's personal and yeah. that resonates emotionally with me. Laughter isn't an emotional response. So I, you know, the, the, the truism has always been right what you know. I think for comedy at any rate, it ought to be right what you feel because that's what laughter is, is, a, is an emotional reaction. So I tend to write about topics that resonate with me emotionally, like being a recovering alcoholic, being 65, now 70 years old. And, you know, there are implications to that that resonate with me. And then you got, uh, you, you know, you got women, you got sex, you got relationships. These are, and so if, if I write, and I'll apologize if I, if this sounds pompous at times, but I do try to write things that mean something to me and uh, that, and there's, that there's a truth yeah. to the joke emotionally. It's what I, I, I should, is how I should put it. If there's a truth to it emotionally, then you can, then your character is going to shape itself. As long as you're honest as, as to who you are and you know what, you can go out there and be a character that's completely contrived and it can be enormously funny and enormously successful. For me, it's just easier to write jokes that reflect myself. And, and, and uh, I think without even trying to construct a character, the character constructs itself. I mean, oh yeah, that's so, so well said. I yeah, so I never sat down and say, okay, I got, I'm an old guy that used to drink, okay, let's try, let's try and share. No, the, the, my drinking history is, is, is quite significant in my life great grounds for uh, material. So I'm just going to sit down and try and uh, be, see that opening three jokes about uh, meeting a, a woman in a bar. Uh, and this is how jokes sometimes get written by me. I had a couple of disparate thoughts just bouncing around in my head. One of them being, I fell off a bar stool one time. <laughs> I fell off. So that obviously told, well, okay, that's a funny, I don't know if that's a punchline or if it's a setup, uh -huh. but at some point in my act, I'm going to fall off a bar stool. I also, um, in my drinking days, had several relationships that began in bars with women who were drunks like me. <laughs> sure. And, you know, you look back on that and you think, geez, that's, that's just not a very, very good uh, uh, venue for uh <laughs> forging a relationship. I mean, it's, it's dumb, but okay. I want to talk about the women I might have met in a bar and become involved with. Oh, wait a sec. I also got this thing over here where I uh, fell off a bar stool. Mm. I tell you what, let's fall off that bar stool and we meet a woman. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you got all these thoughts bouncing around in your, but that's, you know, that's what I'm talking about as far as me. Of course I didn't meet a woman when I, fell off my bar stool. I didn't meet another drunk, but you know what? I met drunks in bars. So there's, and, and the relationship wasn't real healthy. And so that's reflected in the jokes. And again, all this sounds uh, deeper than it really is. It's just, it's just, I write jokes that mean something to me emotionally for the most part. Occasionally there's a, uh, just a silly joke that has no relation to anything other than it's just silly and funny. But most of the jokes resonate with me than with the audience, hopefully. Those are the best laughs. Yeah, I think that's that's a great way to put it. Instead of trying to contrive a character, you just try to do the most honest comedy you can and it reveals the character. Yeah, and it's an emotional honesty too. And it can be a factual honesty also. I mean, depending on the type of 
uh, comedy you're doing. But for me, um, I, I have absolutely no interest in anything other than getting laughs. I have no insights I need to share. I have sure. no, and again, comics that can get laughs and make a comment or state, that's great. That's great. That's superior to what I do because they're, they're doing something in addition to getting laughs. But as it happens for me, the only thing I'm interested in is laughs. And so the best laughs are the ones that have some sort of uh, emotional connection to, to my life. They're just better laughs. The other thing about that joke is it's visual. And that, um, yeah, it, those are great jokes. If you can um, uh, uh, come up with, they're funny. Okay. Falling off a bar stool, lady, uh, she was already on the floor. That's very visual. Uh, uh, the, the last joke, um, uh, she had multiple personalities and I'm bad with names. That's not a visual joke. That's a funny idea. Yeah. But that's not visual. But anytime you can, and I've gone through jokes that maybe I'm having trouble with, and I thought, how can I make this visual? Is there any way to make it visual? Because if you can hear it and see it, that much better. That's a good, somebody falling off a bar stool and <laughs> meeting, uh, meeting a woman. <laughs> that's <laughs> great. That event itself, falling off the bar stool, it, everybody can kind of live that with you. Uh, this particular performance, and this is what's great about being able to do this with video, uh, the, the two things that you do to follow that up uh, in, involve some stage presence, right? So you say that she likes to be spanked. And you kind of make, you make this face, right? Like, oh, yeah. okay, wow, uh, and which is great, and that adds so much color to to the rest of the bit. And then the next thing, and I love this, and I've actually never seen you do this live, uh, where you, uh, where she likes being in the corner, and you have like this fictitious corner that you turn yeah. to, and then of course the great yeah. line of "Who's your grandpa?" is is yeah. just uh, a great. Yeah. I have switcheroo. since added, "Who's your grandpa? Who's your people?" Um, <laughs> which. Uh, which works works well. <laughs> you act outs, I do really. I I uh, uh, I can think of one other. Maybe there there are a couple of others, but for the most part, I don't. And again, that's something. That's a great way to add a little push to a punchline if you can uh, act it out. Uh, a lot of comics do a lot of act outs and and. And they're the better for it. I should have more, but it's just the uh, the nature of a lot of my lines don't uh, lend itself to acting out. Do you think that there's been an increase over time in physical comedy and act outs since since earlier days? I think so. I mean, not enormously so, but I I, I think more comics uh, do that uh, than than you. And I started. Uh, in the late 70s and so that's there were some there were you know a lot of comics did it but I think more do it now yeah uh, sometimes it's easier writing if you can just act, act goofy or something that that'll carry a weak punchline if you could uh, also add some physical uh, uh, action to, 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 to what you're doing that's right I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carry on the, we, we kind of stopped in the middle of a, a bit of a chunk, so I'm going to carry on the video. That was a difficult relationship. Uh, she had multiple personalities and I'm bad with names. Here's what drunks do. I don't know if you're aware of this, but this is what drunks do. We're always trying to come up with a plan that would allow us to keep drinking and stay out of trouble. So we're always trying. I remember after one particularly rough weekend on Monday, I decided I would only drink after dark. Tuesday, I bought curtains. <laughs> yeah, back then, late 70s, early 80s, every night I'd hit happy hour from 6 p.m. to 1988. <laughs> Got arrested once for drunk driving. Not only was I drunk, but I've been smoking hash. When I took the breathalyzer test, I inhaled, tried to pass it to the cop.
that is such that is such a good moment for um, so many reasons um uh, that joke i did near the beginning of this set uh, about drunks are always coming up with plans that's absolutely true that was me drunks yeah. are always trying to come up with some sort they they know they ought to cut down we know we need to cut down we're not going to quit so we'll come up with this plan that will allow me to keep drinking but stay out of trouble and the plan inevitably falls apart <laughs> like the second second day you try it but i had plans okay i'm only going to uh i'm only going to drink beer during the day yeah I'm for uh the evening or uh you know you limit the number of drinks i'll just have one drink tonight and i'll have one drink tomorrow night, maybe two drinks on Friday, three drinks on Saturday. Drunks are always coming up with plans. So that's that's almost more of a history <laughs> than a joke. When, when it comes to the thing that, that I think is so unique and, and just killed me was the, the tag YOLO. Like for so many reasons, um, one, was that always a part of the joke or is that something you found later? And two, you use, you use this kind of like, I see this as a recurring theme that's worked so well for you. It's the, who's your daddy. It's the YOLO. You're, you're in, you're injecting some pop culture terminology that people would not expect you to be familiar with. And it just kills. How did you come across that? Was that an accident? Uh, no. Uh, do you know Matthew Broussard? Yeah. Okay. He, he, he said, you need to say YOLO at some point during your act. Uh, uh, so I, I'll give full credit to Matthew on that one. And so I decided that that would be a, uh, an, excellent, uh, an excellent place for it. Yeah, you know, at any given um, uh, time, in, in, I have maybe two or three pop culture uh, references. Um, one, um, and the, maybe the first time I did it, I was opening... I was featuring for John Witherspoon and uh, the uh, op opening act was Theo Taylor and he introduced me and I went on stage and said, Theo Taylor, great guy, dating a, uh, dates a uh, very nice lady, very nice, bit ratchet. Well, the place just went crazy, uh, Spoon's audience, when I said ratchet and uh, the last was so big, I thought I had messed up. I thought I'm not going to be able to follow <laughs> myself. And I had a whole set to go. That was right at the beginning. But yeah, I, Ratchet, I've stopped using because it's kind of lost some steam for me. YOLO sure. still works. Um, um, oh, you know, I have one now that works real well. Let's catch these hands. <laughs> yeah. Into <laughs> a, uh, a, a bit. And, you know, it, 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 it coming from me, you don't want to overdo it, I don't think. Right. But the good thing is there's always something new. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be some uh, uh, slang or popular expression that people 50 years my junior are using. And, and, and it works its way enough into the mainstream that I can do it. Yeah. That's and, so great. I love it. Yeah. The, uh, the story where you get pulled over, obviously you don't, actually offer the, the officer hash that's in the writing but uh was that the the story i've seen a famous video on youtube yeah. maybe where you and bill hicks are sitting there and chatting about california is that 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 event? yeah bill wasn't part of that story uh -huh. he was there when i told it but yeah i got arrested for drunk driving uh one time and i think i saw a breathalyzer machine <laughs> i feel what i may have been already doing a joke about being arrested for drunk driving. Uh, and then I saw a breathalyzer machine. I saw it. I thought, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> that I worked that, you know, you, you don't want to be the person that everything is a joke to you. And every time somebody says something, you try and turn it into a straight line for your smart ass remark. You don't want to be that person, <laughs> but you know what? You got to be alert to things. You got, you just got to be aware when you stumble across something sure. that can be used in your act, you got to kind of be a, at least subconsciously a comic every waking moment. Now, again, you don't want to be uh, overbearing about it. You don't have to, every time a, uh, 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 an idea pops in your head, you don't have to 
corner another comic and say, what about this? What about this? But I think, I, you know, but you got to be aware. And I ran across a breathalyzer machine uh, at, 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 a, at, a, at a bar. And I'd forgotten. I, I, I don't think I took a breath when I was arrested. I know I had to walk a straight line <laughs> and I had to do the, yeah, they, I used to do this as part of the act. Maybe I'll bring it back. Um, when they have you uh, walk the straight line, they'll, they'll, they write it out on, on your, your arrest report. They'll draw little footprints. <laughs> so, oh, you did. And I looked at my report later and it looked like a twister game. <laughs> and, and another joke I used to do that was quite effective. Uh, officer asked me to touch my nose, which I did promptly with the sidewalk. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you just got to be alert to everything ought to be potential material. And, and again, you don't want to be uh, overbearing about it, but you know, I already had the, the, the being arrested for drunk driving and then the, the breathalyzer uh, 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 line occurred to me when I saw a breathalyzer. <laughs> and, and that's why a lot, a lot of writers, and I imagine you, Andy, do you carry a piece of paper or a pocket notebook or I something? Do indeed. Yep, I do for indeed. when those opportunities come yeah. up. Because if you don't write it down, you lose it. And that, oh, that's absolutely. The worst thing. I don't know how many jokes I've lost because it, it has occurred to me while I'm in bed, I'll remember it in the morning. Yeah. I never remember it in the morning. <laughs> I have never <laughs> it in the morning. So, and yeah, I'll, you know, over the course, if I see something at the beginning of the evening, I need to write it down because by the end of the evening, I will have forgotten it. Absolutely. Or it'd be too far back in my head to work on it immediately. So yeah, I care. again, it's another another job-like aspect of being a comic. It's, you know, sure. Did a lot of a lot of about being a stand-up is work. So I was arrested, pled guilty for my community service. I left the community. Thank you. <laughs> Got a third base coach here, right? <laughs> so I'm dating a wonderful woman now, very pretty, very personable. Bit ratchet. <laughs> Actually, she's from New Orleans, so it's Rochelle. <laughs> okay, now I'm scared. looking for an exit here. Uh, <laughs> Lori is much, much younger than I. We uh, met in a grocery store. My mind was wandering. I accidentally bumped into Lori. Lori got annoyed. He said, WTF? I said, no, A-A-R-P. <laughs> for our first date, we went out to dinner, or as Lori called it, lunch. Lori loved role-playing in the bedroom. One night for four nights in a row, she was a different golden girl. <laughs> Another time she was Catwoman and I was Batman. Well, Alfred. <laughs> the, the crowd isn't satisfied with Batman. That's one of my favorite <laughs> stuff it there. They, they want you to be Alfred and you give it to them. That's great. Uh, yeah, for some reason, this is just, I get, a very personal reaction, which is what stand-up ought to be. But that's an aspect of uh, sex that did just always amused me. People dressing up, uh, at, at whatever. And yeah. it's fun and, you know, it's great. But it's just such a silly thing to me. And, you know, you, you know, here's the great thing about both um, drunks and, and, and jokes that have to do with sex. People act weird when they're drunk. And you can come up with a very wild, very imaginative, very funny punchline to something a drunk did. Um, but you know, you're also thinking, you know, he, of course he didn't meet a woman when he fell off the bar stool. But you know, I remember that time my buddy George, and he was in, and there's always something about drunken behavior that's not ever quite totally 
impossible. So that helps the joke. It's, it's, it's maybe, no, of course it didn't, but you know, and the same thing with sex. I mean, people just, we all act strange, weird, uh, goofy, and there's, I am absolutely convinced that somewhere in the United States, an old man has dressed up like Alfred and he's had his young girlfriend. <laughs> like, like I guarantee you, I guarantee you that has happened uh, somewhere because people just get strange. So that's the other thing. You can be silly and yet that realm of, ah, you know what? So if you could get both of those and then make it visual. So, you know, you right. got me dressed up as Alfred and you got a fat uh, girl or whatever I say. <laughs> cat girl. Hey, and, 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 cat, uh, yeah, cat woman. So you got the visual, you got the silliness and you got, but you know, so that th those are strong jokes for that, that reason. Yeah, now, I love, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I, I would recommend to anybody listening, uh, there's no need to be a drunk for 21 years in order to get material. You don't have to be a method actor in that sense. Well, huh? you know, 15, 15, 16 years as a drunk ought to, ought to get the job done. But yeah, I, that, that's the great thing about writing jokes about drinking is that you got a couple of, and most of them are, uh, most of them, not all of them, most of them are very visual too. Yeah. Also, I love the way that you handled the heckler here. Like, obviously, it wasn't like a, a terribly mean heckle by any means, but crowd member gets super loud, and and you just the third base coach, just so perfect. Do you have in all your years? Do you have a philosophy on on hecklers and when when the crowd gets loud like that, the way that you handle if the situation maybe was a little more difficult than that one? Um, two. I have two uh, attitudes about heckling. Not all heckles, and you just pointed this out, not all heckles are equal. Some people are just caught up in the enthusiasm of the moment. They're having a good time. They like what you're doing, and they'll just shout out um, uh, something. You treat those people differently than you do sure. somebody that's trying to make you look bad. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people will heckle you, hoping to throw you off, um, hoping to put you down, hoping to top you. I'm as funny as you are. Here you go. But, you know, I'm a little more uh, uh, edgy than sure. what I did there. But my basic philosophy is, um, and it, it didn't apply here because the, the, the person and then the ladies were just so loud. But most <laughs> of the time with hecklers, I ignore them. And I absolutely, if, if, if the goal is to shut the person up, Ignore them, ignore them, uh, and and oh, but now some people are be persistent. Some people are just so loud and so intrusive that you got to uh, acknowledge it. So, you know, my frame of mind that night, I think, I was in pretty good mood. So let's, you know, I was a little more prone to 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 mess with somebody or to go off book, so to speak. Right. But you know, I could have uh, I could have ignored both those just. And, and it had been fine if the and they would they they would have kept quiet too if the goal is to shut the person up ignore them you know if you're having a good set and you're in a nice rhythm don't stop in order to deal with somebody to check most of the time the rest of the audience hasn't really heard it i mean they're kind of aware that mm -hmm. something was said but if you're doing well with the rest of the audience just keep going keep going now, admittedly, again, we're back to sometimes it's a job and sometimes you're just not in the mood. Sometimes you just show up and you're just not in the mood for somebody yelling at you. And then maybe in that case, I might overreact a bit or acknowledge somebody that no normally I wouldn't acknowledge sure. just because I'm just not in the mood for it. But that didn't happen too often. Well, that was a uh, masterfully done. Uh, some, do you, you I imagine you have some almost written type things where you can shut down hecklers as needed? Is that something you have in your arsenal? I guess, to a degree, yeah. Sometimes you'll be surprised um, when you're talking to somebody in the audience um, over the course of a career. A lot of the same responses just keep coming up, yeah. and so you know. Uh, you know, I have, uh, I quite often have uh, had somebody help me 
and I had to deal with it or I felt like I had to deal with it. So um, I asked him um, to repeat. That's the other thing. If you're going to deal with a heckler, get them to repeat what they heckled with. Because again, most of the audience, uh, yeah. My, and I, every single comic has made this mistake. Somebody has heckled them and only maybe four tables heard what they said. They heckled you with maybe kind of a nasty heckle and you come back at them, you know, both guns blazing and, and then you kick them when they're down and the rest of the audience is going, what the hell was that all? Kind of mean. <laughs> yeah. You say that to the young lady like that. So you need to uh, get them to repeat themselves so everybody's on the same page, so to speak. Yeah, and get but, them on you know, I'll ask somebody to repeat something and if yep. it's somewhat incoherent, I'll say, wait, you know, you're going to have to use a verb every once in a while. Otherwise, <laughs> the conversation is going nowhere. You'd be surprised. You know, they're comics that do a lot of crowd work. And over the years, a lot of that, those ad libs are actually material. That's right. It's, it's, and you, and you did something a little meta. You did something meta here, too. You kind of, you know, uh, recognize that you're all in the room. You're like, We're, you know, let me get to the exit. And, and you made a great face when that, when you heard that, yeah. those, those ladies from clearly from New Orleans. Uh, yeah. With some yeah. pride. Yeah. I'm uh, new, uh, you I'm know, gonna, here's, okay, say you, let's assume you think funny. You just think funny and you think comedically. And the more you do it, the more you start thinking comedically. Then all you need to, to do in those situations is go on stage, relax, and then react. Just react. I would, uh, I wouldn't, you know, stress out. I know a lot of uh, 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 comics, uh, crowd work, I got to develop my crowd work uh, tool set. Well, you know, that's good. Yeah, you know what? Just relax and deal with it when it happens. And again, if you think funny, if you think comedically, you'll be fine. And, and again, you'll be fine because as I mentioned before, audience is great on a curve. So they're on your side. Uh, particularly if the heckle is hostile, particularly if you're doing well. And now here's some a-hole interrupting our fun. So they're going to be on your side. They're going to overrate whatever you say. Again, if it's an okay line, you're going to get a good laugh. And if it's a good line, you're going to get a great laugh. So yeah, just, just relax and go with it. And if you don't have anything, keep going. You know, chances are you'll be fine. Very helpful. I'm going to, I'm going to resume the, the rest of the set and then uh, we'll get going here. Let's Despite the age difference, uh, we get along pretty well. Um, our, for our first anniversary, we exchanged uh, necklaces. I gave Lori one with the word joy. Mine said, do not resuscitate. <laughs> So I am 65 years old. It's tough getting older. Went into an antique store, they wouldn't let me leave. <laughs> I was feeling young again the other day. I don't know why, probably an undiagnosed stroke, but I thought I'd play a joke on a buddy of mine. I thought I'd ring his doorbell and run. I forgot to run. Which would have been embarrassing, except I also forgot to ring the doorbell. <laughs> That's 45 minutes I'll never get back. I can't tell you my age how unsettling it is to watch a clock sit down like that. It is tough getting older. Last time I was on the stage, looked up, saw that light, started to walk towards it. <laughs> Oh, so good, so good. I love the um, the <laughs> the clock countdown. Was that was that just an off the cuff thing, or is that something yeah, you've used before? We, we were limited. They had a, a little timer there, uh, and we were limited. We to I forget maybe five minutes, whatever. It, uh, and sure. so they they set the clock, and you look over, and you see how much time you have left, and <laughs> You know, you just the numbers were clicking. <laughs> the numbers were clicking down. Um, do not resuscitate. Mm. I l don't do that joke anymore. Um, I was reading in the New York Times a review of a one-act play that Woody Allen 
had written. I think one of the Cone brothers had written another one of the one acts Elaine May had written. And it was a nice review and they were reviewing the one act of Woody Allen and there was that joke. He had the uh, same joke. And yeah. I thought, God damn it. Now, <laughs> here's the deal. I could probably, you know, play audiences for the rest of my life and nobody's going to be familiar with that line sure. from that play that is similar. So nobody's going to think I stole from Woody Allen. And I'm so paranoid. I'm, I'm afraid that one day somebody, one person who went to that play is going, and it's uh, uh, an example of what we call uh, parallel thinking. We both just uh, came up with the, uh, the same idea. But uh, I love doing that joke, and uh, I just felt like I had to uh, had to had to stop. Good, good note. Um, one thing that we do want to get into. One thing that's kind of special that we want to shine a light on a little bit in this podcast is more of the physical and the and the act outs. Notice, I notice you have you have a few things that even when I watch some of your old um, Houston Outlaw comic stuff, there's the hands on the head. Yep. And there's and there's the mic stand. Are these purposeful? Are these thoughtful? Or are these just this just your natural? Like, are these Hang part of the, the bit head. or not? Yeah, I used to, and that I grab the mic stand with my left hand is good now because I used to be always wiping, rubbing my uh, uh, my my left eye all the time, and I'd stroke my uh, chin quite often. And just like there were uh, uh, two two. Uh, female comics here in, well, not here in Houston anymore, Sarah Tolomash, and then a young lady by the name of Diane Gallagher, who used to do stand-up here. And uh, Diane told me one time that she and Sarah were going to put together this dance that just consisted of all my <laughs> nervous mannerisms, this. And uh, I used to, uh, with the mic in the stand, I used to grab the, the where the mic uh, slides in and just lean back for some reason. I just would lean back uh, away from the mic. And so I've, I've had a lot of nervous mannerisms and I don't know that they ever hurt. I mean, I don't know that rubbing my periodically rubbing my uh, left eye ever kept me from getting laughs out of what we got normally. But sure. when I watch it, it just, it's just annoying to see me. Do that. <laughs> okay. so that's why I got the, the left hand. And I would say in any given set, 75% of my time, that's the, I got the mic and I have to put, there are a couple of act outs where I do have to have the both hands sure. free. Uh, so I put the mic back in the stand. And then if I do, if it, if it's in there more than three jokes, <laughs> the going to the top of the head at some point. That's what it is. We can count it. Okay. I didn't know we could actually time it and be like, Oh, here go the hands. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there is one. There is one intentional movement that you do have that you know a lot of us younger comics go to you for advice. And I actually didn't get this directly from you. I got this from another comic. Uh, when you finish your set, you don't you don't say you know give it up for your host. You step back, which you do in this, and, and you take your applause. Right? You thank yeah. the audience, perhaps wish them a good night. Step back yeah. and get your applause. Right? And you did that yeah. here, uh, which is great advice in my opinion for for comics. That's something that, uh, and I, I have told comics that do this don't do this a lot of times when they're they're emceeing comics when they're emceeing they'll do their act and then they'll just segue right into the MC spiel mm. they'll do their last joke and then immediately start to say okay our next and i tell them look finish your act do the last joke say thank you and step back for a moment and get the applause that you're due then step back up and start then but a lot of a lot of comics, a lot of comics, cheat themselves out of, la out of applause mm. by uh, not taking that moment. And you don't have to milk it. You know, you don't spend taking a bow to each section of the, uh, of the, of the room. But, yeah, get the applause you're, you're due. That's a good note. Yeah. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. That and not moving the mic stand. Uh, Man. So Drew, I'm gonna I'm gonna do uh, two key takeaways that I got. Maybe share a few of yours, and then we're moving to our last segment. Uh, so so for me, I, I like it that you remind us that uh, it's a job, and uh, so, so sometimes you know there's a lot of parties and fun that can go in this, but you do you know 
focus, right? And it's a job, uh, which a job that's a lot of fun and a lot that a lot of people are jealous that you have, yeah. but it's it, it's a job. And then audiences grade you on a curve. I, I, I just that that'll resonate with me the next time, whenever that is, that I get on stage. How about you, Drew? Yeah. Oh man, I love the the part about the character kind of. That's something that I, I do a lot of biographical kind of stuff in my set. So it was nice to hear that sometimes you don't have to try to create a character. It's about just revealing your character by telling honest jokes. Uh, I really loved that. And um, yeah, I think the heckler thing, I think sometimes new comics can feel a lot of pressure to shut down hecklers or have crowd work stuff. And your take on it is refreshing in a sense to go like, look, if you don't have something to say, don't say anything. And um, you know, how to, just ignore them if you if that's the sometimes the best thing to do is just to ignore them and keep you know plugging through your act and that's a wonderful to have that as an option feels good because a lot of times I think in our own heads we think we have to destroy every heckler and have to have some line every time or we're a failure if we yeah. don't have that line then we have failed as a as a comedian so uh, thanks thanks I, for giving me the the escape on that one yeah there are a lot of good veteran comics that just won't deal with hecklers for a couple of reasons not everybody uh it's good at crowd work and not everybody wants to, 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 to deal with it. Yep. Uh, and, and so, yeah, again, if the goal is to shut the heckler up, ignore him or her. Love it. Unless they just force your hand. So here's our last segment. And uh, it's, I think it's kind of fun. At least it's in good spirit. We call it last laugh. Okay. And we'll ask all the comics about this. So the idea is, uh, you can either take one of your jokes or or pay homage to one of one of your uh, you know ins, ins, inspirations or maybe another comic. But what would be the joke that you want on your tombstone? And Andy, I, we're not creating it right now. I promise you're going to be around for some time because of you, you take walks every day and you're doing what you love. So, we're, yeah. but if you had to put one joke on your tombstone, what what would it be? Um, you know the the. Newest jokes that are working are always my favorite. You know, here's a new one I've written and it's working uh, uh, so well. But then of the drinking material, the, here are two jokes that uh, are my favorite jokes uh, uh, from the drinking material. Or, uh, you know, we, we heard one already uh, that I, I love a lot is, uh, 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 that relationship didn't go well. She had multiple personalities and I'm bad with names. I like that joke. Then a drinking joke that I have that I like a lot is um, uh, I love drinking during the holidays. I would get drunk and go trick-or-treating. Uh, Every holiday I would get drunk and go <laughs> which made for an odd Arbor Day in my Arbor neighborhood. Day. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so those, those I, I, I would be pleased to have both those uh, both those jokes. Um, I think I have an important call coming in. Sure. Yep. Are we done here, or do yes, you want to? We'll get. Wonderful. We'll wrap up, Andy. Thanks for joining us. Thank well, you. Well, thank Andy. you very much. It was a great, great deal of fun. It really was. Thank Appreciate you. Good it. luck with the podcast going forward. Thank awesome. you, Andy. So we'll we'll go ahead and and get wrapped up. Uh, so Drew, uh, where can on your birthday? Uh, yeah. how can, where can people wish you a happy birthday? Where do they find you? Well, um, my social is Drew is Talkward on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, would love to connect. And uh, as you've mentioned before, like we also want to, um, you know, this is we're students. And so if you've been watching or listening to this and have ideas, have suggestions, I've already got a few from some friends. Uh, yeah, please shoot them my way. Drew is Talkward, Instagram. Um, also on Twitter and uh, YouTube is uh, Drew Jordan. Any shows coming up? I'm just kidding. That's a mean joke. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Me and my, my parents, I'm at my parents' house. We're going to do something in the living room if you want to swing by. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, I echo that, that we're, we're, we want this to be a community. Uh, we want to hear your input. Um, we're going to encourage people to, to join and, and participate. We'll make this more interactive over time. Uh, but if you can find me at uh, the Brian Gendron, that's Instagram, Facebook, uh, certainly follow, add, communicate, whatever, whatever we got to do. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty open and, and try to get back to people. Uh, our, we, you can reach both of us on our email, breaking down bits at gmail.com. In fact, uh, uh, social media at breaking down bits and, bre and uh, breaking down bits.com is our website. 
lots of ways to get a hold of us. What's our next yeah. show, Drew? Oh man, we're so excited about this one as well. Uh, as great as Andy, man, Andy's just a legend. But the guy we have uh, coming next week is uh, a younger comic that is really making waves. Has a wonderful podcast called the Hot Breath Podcast, one I've listened to for years. <sighs> yeah, and the hot he creates a lot of words like hot breath averse and things like that. Joel Byers. Uh, from Atlanta on the podcast next week and just excited. He's a guy who has just dug in with a lot of great comics and is just uh, hopefully bursting with knowledge uh, and, and excited to pick his brain. Yep. So next week, same time, uh, that's 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 Central on Friday the 24th. So with live with Joel Byers, I'm Brian Gendron and you are... I'm still Drew Jordan. Still Drew Jordan. Happy birthday, my friend. We're going to get Appreciate out of here. Y'all have a great uh, weekend. Take care. Thanks for listening to Breaking Down Bits. You can keep in touch or get more when you follow at Breaking Down Bits on social media. Visit the website breakingdownbits.com or shoot us an email at breakingdownbits at gmail.com.